on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. If I knew what I knew now, I would go back and I would really get started earlier. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. I've got Eric Sommerfeld on the King stage today. My brother, how you doing? I'm good, thanks. How you doing? Thanks for having me, Chaz. Dude, I, I appreciate you being here. This is going to be a fun one. You have a business like no other that I've in- interviewed. And so I'm excited for the uniqueness, the creativeness that you are bringing to, to this conversation. Tell us in general what kind of business that you have. So what we do, we like to call it an online general contractor. So it gives homeowners the ability to order their subcontractors, tradespeople, project pros through us. And then we manage the whole process through and through, both on behalf of the homeowner and the contractor. We handle the payment. We handle the whole process, price negotiations, things like that. So each side knows their expectation. And we serve as an online platform through which they can transact. The safety of both parties is guaranteed this way in all senses of the transaction. Awesome, man. I appreciate just a little bit of explanation there. I want to get into the business, the detail of how all that works, because as you can imagine, there's some questions I can imagine from the listener going, an online contractor or online general contractor. But before we do any of that, you have a certain level of success. That's why you're here. And I want to know at this level, why are you still pushing hard? Why are you still trying to go to the next level? For me in my stage of my life, I'm having a family. I just got married last month, really. And then- uh, Congrats. Thank you. And we have a baby coming just this late October. So for me, really, I'm just at the very beginning of my journey. And the business which I set out to to build, I knew was a very long-term commitment. So we're only just scratching the surface of the things we can do and the things we know we want to do. Uh, there's so many metrics we don't even track that we know are going to be helpful. And there's just so much that's left undone yeah. that to keep pushing is not really, it's not even a question at the age we are now. We do what we have to do and keep it moving. Yeah, it, it's such a simple answer. But what I took from that is if my target or my the perspective of how big I think this thing is, is this X, and I've only gotten two ticks down the road, I'm not even thinking about stopping. It doesn't matter that I've achieved a certain level of quote unquote success or revenue um, we got this much started. bigger thing. We're still yeah. worried about getting started, right? Yeah, exactly, man. I think that I love just the simplicity of that mindset is what I just, I'm like stuck on. I'm just like, yes, yes. I've never heard anybody say it quite like that. I've a lot of entrepreneurs are like, yeah, I'm, it's in my DNA. I want to keep going, but bro, I'm at this stage, call it success, but I'm only two ticks down the 20 tick road or whatever. I love the energy that brings. It, it should put some more gas in the tank to let you know that, Hey, we still got a, we still got a ways to go champ got some more work to do that's exactly right and you also want to think about it my mind is always stuck in the future and life and what's in store so especially now getting into the starting a family much like yourself from what i can see you just it's not even that you really do it for you it's obviously i have an obligation here and that obligation is to do what i can and add the value that i can 
in the time that I have the luxury of being able to do it. Yeah. So, you know, it's, once you boil it down to that, like you said, it is just very simple yeah. one day at a time, but you keep the future in mind with you. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So let's go back in your journey a little bit and let's talk about either how this business started or how did you get into being an entrepreneur? Give us the beginnings. So from the time I was growing up, just as a very young man, getting jobs at your local stores, like a shawarma shop, I think when I was 16, and then a Canadian tire when I was maybe 17. And neither time I worked there, you know, I had a very impressionable mind at the time. And I could tell immediately, like, I felt sure I'm here because you're giving me 10 bucks and because my parents say it's a good idea. But beyond that, like there was no point or benefit to it, right? So I, I didn't last too long at either one. And then the first opportunities I got, even when I was a little kid, I would go cutting the neighbor's grass or be, go to yep. my neighbors that I knew liked our family. And I would say, hey, buddy, can I shovel your driveway for 10 bucks? And you'd be like, <laughs> sure, kid, here's the 10 bucks. That's right. And then so I, I always wanted to work more than anything on my own sort of time. I didn't want work to be a more powerful force in my life than certain things that were actually important to you in the sense of building good relationships or spending time with your family and things like that. And then so when I was when I was in my first year of university, I had no money. So I said, how am I going to make a couple of bucks? And then we started going around. I'd go home on the weekends, meet up with my friends. And we'd start painting houses together. Okay. So I said, okay, we'll make 50 bucks an hour or whatever. We kept doing it. And after doing a handful of these jobs, the two of us, I got really frustrated. He was going through it quite nicely, but I got really frustrated. And I said, we have to work so hard. And the only way we're going to make more money is either managing this crew of guys, or which is hard enough, or we're going to have to keep working and be there first thing in the morning and be out of home. And I wanted to work from home, right? right? Like I wanted to just worry only about the business end of things. And then... Uh, so I gave up on actually running a trade outfit because it was just so difficult. And I said, there's so many problems with that transaction. There's just an endless amount of things that go wrong, miscommunications, really a lack of structure to yeah. the whole thing. So I, it was probably four or five years ago, I thought to myself, I said, there's got to be a better way. And then immediately upon even thinking about that, I thought, well, that's like a huge project. What do you have in mind? And I would talk to people about it. They'd say, oh, buddy, you need a half a million dollars if you want to even start this type of right. online platform. And I'm like, true. <laughs> but so I found a team where I said to them, I said, look, I can't pay you a ton right now, but I'm going to keep generating revenue as I go. Because what I got good at was selling a job on the phone, hiring a guy in that area, to go and do that job because I had so many guys in the area that I was from that I could just call them up. And I thought to myself, it's really bad for me to go get personally involved. Like the more time I spend actually on the in-person interactions, the farther I get from what it is I'm trying to achieve. So I said, okay, I'm going to go do some traveling. So I lived out of the country for almost two years. I went to different places in Europe, a couple of Greek islands, Istanbul. So I lived in unique and interesting places and I would just have my phone and I would take the calls any time of day. Usually they're a little bit different time zones. So I would around three o'clock in the afternoon, the morning calls would start and I would just take them and I got really good. And I had some great months just selling and selling. And I would detailed quotations, detailed explanations to the trades and everything was going smoothly. And I thought to myself, okay, so if I can do that here, I maybe let me try advertising on the other side of Canada over in Vancouver. Because yeah. we don't have too many big cities. We're not like you guys. You guys have a lot of big cities in America. Yeah. Canada, we have like five or so big cities. The major one is Toronto. Right. It's pretty much our major center of commerce. Everything's happening in Toronto. Your number two is Vancouver. 
And then other than right. that, we don't have, there's like smaller ones, but compared to some of the cities, <laughs> yeah, a lot of wilderness. So compared to the plethora of different cities you guys have, each of them so unique and there's a lot of commerce in each one. Right. We're pretty limited. So I tried in a few other places. I was selling jobs there too. And the next thing that frustrated me was the amount of interaction I was having with people now, like the amount of phone calls, the amount of you tradespeople who I had to talk to. And so I thought to myself, now that's not going to be sustainable because what am I going to up that number? I'll talk to a thousand people a day or right. how am I possibly going to scale this? And the first thing I did, I tried teaching it to a few other people. I could sit there with them during the day, sell this project, hire this guy, like A, B, C, D, and then nobody could get it. This was like, they couldn't resist. They said, no, I have to go there. I have to go look at the job in person. I said, then you're breaking your principles. You're not a platform anymore. We want to be a platform. We don't want to have that hard asset overhead to go somewhere. We want to be able to open up in a new city, managing their projects like that. So I tried to teach people how to do it each time it wouldn't work out. And I said, well, I really, and the whole time I was getting started on a software platform and I was maybe two, three years in of actually building out the code and stuff like that. So we're on probably year four right now. And we're now we have a pretty high software output per month. Leading up to this, it was pretty small. I just, I didn't really know how to do it myself. And being the guy directing what they're doing, it's if you make a spelling mistake, they'll make a spelling mistake. So they don't offer any engineering value. It's purely code output. So then that was a skill that took me years to build. Because you got to understand the structure of how they're doing it, how, what part of the program talks to what and all these kinds of unique details. So finally, now I'm pretty good at it. And we had a really strong year this year, much more so than our previous years. As a self-practitioner, I was capped at like the 300, 350 per year, 100,000, right? Just because I had a personal tolerance to what I was willing to go through. Sure. And then, so I said, well, how am I going to automate this? And you start thinking, okay, it's a simple pairing system, like whatever. And you make that pairing system. And then you're like, this is actually 1% of a platform that would actually run a job this complicated. So (laughs) you give yourself a pat on the back. You think, oh, I made a little, I can download a little app and you get a little widget and whatever, right? Yep. Yep. You think to yourself, okay, I've got a platform. Like, let's go sign people up and get it going. And then you realize there's all this nuance and what if to that equation like okay like you said there's a whole million questions about how you're going to do that so then you pick the first hundred hundred details that you could think of and you're working down that list by the time you're halfway down that list you think to yourself there's another (laughs) there's a much longer list now right and they get smaller and smaller but more important and more important because it's only a matter of time till a whole transaction is hung up on that one detail and it'll happen right away dude the everything that you just shared i mean First off, thank you for giving us that like the little road, the history. <clears throat> what I heard you say time and time again was I did the thing and then I thought, okay, there's a problem. There's a bottleneck. There's a break point. How do I scale it? How do I get someone else to do it? How do I create automation? Like your mind was, okay, I've been given this opportunity. Let me figure this out. Okay, great. I'm at the point. Now I need a new solution. And so mm-hmm. that's just what it looked like for me. As you were talking, it was stair step, stair, stair step. And I think that that every entrepreneur relates to that to a degree. It's just in those moments of where I am currently, if like you said, if I know that my, my dream or my vision is just so much bigger, then I know that I want to continue to push or I want to continue to solve problems rather than when I got to the next level, you've been like, oh, okay, great. Like I'm good. Like your buddy, I'm good with the $50 an hour. And we could have just, we just stay right here. 
but you knew it was much bigger than that. So that forced you to go, okay, we're going to yeah. have to figure out another solution. Yeah. He wasn't cool with the $50 an hour either. He was just, but he did a great job building himself that trades business. So right sure. now he's pumping out a lot of work. So I got to give him the credit where it's due. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I'm sure you guys are still good buddies, especially if you guys don't work together. But the reality is that you went thinking systems business and it just, that was just, it was just a different mindset. That's all. Okay. So let's transition a little bit here. You gave us how you got to where you are. I want to know in that same little journey there, I want to know a good decision that you made that you can look back on and go in that moment, boom, I'll do that one again and again. You know what, for me, I was thinking about this, right? Reading through some of that outline. And then there was the question about also a bad decision. And for me, it was that one day at a time, micro decisions. Every day there's small ones you have to make. And anytime you make a decision, just go into it knowing that with what I know and with what I have at the time, I'm going to do what I think is best and what I think is right. So there's hundreds along the way that weren't correct in the sense where they were very regrettable or it was like a major blunder or one thing that led to incredible outcomes or whatever. It was all predicated on hundreds of tiny little decisions. And I don't think that there was any one thing that was really good or really bad decision-wise. I think that if I knew what I knew now, I would go back and I would really get started earlier. I would always try to be more fair, honest, and communicative where I could have been better at that. Yeah. So it's mostly certain shortcomings and there's times where I think I'm really proud of myself for doing it that way because I was really honest about how I went about solving that problem, even if it meant a lesser outcome for me. But really, if there was one thing that was really important, it was deciding to get started on something that you really believe can work and not being too worried about, oh, getting started is going to be hard or I can't do it. Just look, have the courage, get started in a very small way. Make your first dollar at something. Like when you make your first dollar from a customer, you make the business real. Yeah. It's how it works. You could spend a million dollars setting up a shop, but if you haven't sold anything, as far as I'm concerned, you're not in business. Right. Once you've sold something, you're actually in business, right? Yeah. So it was really just having, I want to call it the naive courage to just start and not ask too many questions. Yeah, that would be the one thing. I think first off, it's so good. It's a building block to everybody who's listening. They took that step originally and said, I'm leaving my job or I'm going to do my own thing or whatever that was that moment where they took that step, they took that courage. But I want what I want them to hear of what you just said that you re-sign up for that. That's not just a one-time decision. (laughs) Yeah, that moment in time for you, you can remember when you thought, okay, I need to go do these things. And without creating all these systems, I'm going to go get my first client. And then I'll put some systems together. And we've all done that. But what I heard you say was that's a decision that you have to repeatedly make, which is don't overthink, take action. You're going to probably stumble across some things that maybe you don't fully understand that aren't perfect systems yet. You don't have the perfect app yet. You haven't thought about the whole list of if thens, but it's okay. You will just take the action. Is that what you want to add anything to that? Just take the first step, really. And even though step 100 is way beyond your capacity to even think about doing right now, just do the first one, make it mean something. And then, I don't know, just take it in the smallest steps you can, actually. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Super practical and meaningful, but yet mindset. It's really what it is, mindset. And also be thoughtful about everything you do. One, one decision you make, if you make the wrong decision can culminate to really cause you a problem. Like one simple directional change at the beginning, you might go the wrong way with this business and five years, 10 years later, you're over because of that. 
So be really thoughtful about everything you do. It's not all about, for me, it was never about that maximum productivity in that moment. It was always about be at, at peace enough where you can think about it and do yeah. the right, correct decision. It's not always an ethical choice, business decisions and whatever, but the more level-headed, calm and collected you are, the more you're going to be able to really think through that decision and make the right one. So if you go make 10 decisions because you think, oh, I got to stay busy, I got to look like I'm really hustling or whatever, that's good. But if you can make one decision when it matters and do it well, it, that beats a thousand other things you went and did that day yeah. uh, just because that one really counted so much. So be thoughtful. I, I couldn't agree with you more. There's obviously bad decisions that we're going to make. We're going to get to yours here in a second, but, and that's not going to ever stop. Like I'm going to continue to make bad decisions. I'm going to make a bad decision this week, probably with my eight companies and all the deals and stuff that we're, we got going on. I'm going to make a wrong move, but going back to your point already is that I'm not going to not take action because I'm concerned about it. But to your second point, I want to be as, as thoughtful as an intentional as I can be, because what I know is this, what you're saying is, when I look back, why I am here is because of all the good decisions I've made. Now, bad decisions too, because you learn from them, but it's this track record. Like you don't make a bunch of bad choices and end up successful. No, no, you don't. You have to have at least some good decisions in there. That's right. That's, for sure. That's right. So let's flip the coin. Tell me about that bad choice that comes to mind where you're like, Ooh, it, it hurts me to share it. <laughs> you know what? Um, a lot of the things I did, it was mostly my choice in people that would get me in trouble. I'm fairly expressive and I find it hard to relate to a lot of people. So when I meet other people who are a little more expressive and unique, we become drawn to each other. But sometimes when you're a young man, you're trying to find a partner, whatever it is, you can be drawn to those people who they have this energy about them that's great, but they're also very troublesome. And this can derail you for a long period of time. It was mostly my choice in people, I would say. And sometimes the choice in the dating world and things like that, you'd be very naive about it. People could tell you, they'd say, hey, those, that's not going to go well for you, buddy. But you'd be like, no, this is going to be really cool. And you think you can change people and all that kind of stuff. So I always, when I look back, I have a lot of confidence in the decisions I made. But because I thought I believed in it at that time, so it was still okay. Like I could have saved myself a lot of time, a lot of error, a lot of uh, misfortune, money and hardship. Yep. But also uh, without these things, I don't know if I would be as thoughtful as I am today to, on a lot of issues that I face. Um, to, yeah, to go back and get rid of anything I did, I don't think. I would I'd probably just keep it. Probably there's some rude things I've said to people. I shouldn't have said those things in moments of frustration. Sure, or I should sure. have spent time, more time with loved ones who aren't here anymore and things like that. If I could go back, it would be mostly dealing with the more spiritual matters, really. Yeah. More so than business things. I think business is on its course. I'm fairly young. I'm 29 years old now. So sometimes I forget. I'm like, am I 30 or am I 28? Yeah. I don't even keep track. I usually don't know what day of the week it is, to be honest with you. Yeah, there's a freedom in that, honestly, that I'm hearing you speak from. But to even what you're saying, letting it run its course. But going back to the steps that you've already shared, I think there's this unique balance that you have that you're describing of creating a vision. I know I have this big thing I want to go do. So therefore I'm still pushing. And then, but I'm not going to overthink it. I'm going to take action. Don't be worried. Don't have all the details in place, but I need to be thoughtful about it. And I learned to be thoughtful from the mistakes that I made. The good decisions are really going to get me there. And I think what you're saying is an incredible, like it is a hundred percent right, but you can see the conundrum of going, wait a second, a big vision helps me get what I want, but then 
it tells me to keep going, but then the freedom of like, ah, just business is on its course. How did you arrive to the confidence that you have now of being able to say two things at once, which I have, I agree with you. It is both at once. I'm not contradicting you at all. In fact, I'm strengthening what you have to say. I want to know how you got there. Yeah, that, that's, that's a really good question, actually. Um, with that, it was uh, the fundamental of it. I can explain my train of thought here, and then we'll see if we can delve into where it came from. Um, so <laughs> the fundamental of it is that when I would try to push too hard, if you have a good idea and you're the right person for the job, you'll know this sometimes. And you'll see, I think that like some of the features that we're working on right now, obviously nobody else has created a unique feature in this manner for this purpose at this time. So it's not that, oh, I'm so confident I'm going to succeed or anything like that. It's just more the understanding that if I go get too busy with it and I start panicking or putting myself on a timeline or anything like that, it's going to build this sort of anxiousness in me. And then I won't be as creative and I won't be able to solve problems and simplify them to the degree of which I would normally be capable. So it almost comes as a prerequisite. Your state of mind has to be 100% relaxed. If it's not, any decisions I make will be liable for to have to be corrected later or can lead to liabilities or anything like this. As soon as I have too much going on, I get sometimes a little frustrated. Arrogance goes up, ignorance and things like this. And you start careless, right? Like, for example, we had some projects and we didn't have the workers signed up to do them. And I was a lot more lax about the due diligence of it. And then each of the projects became a big headache and I had to go back and sort it out. And I thought to myself, if I wasn't frustrated about working myself into a spiral, because it's easy to say, oh, I told myself I'll be a millionaire at 30 or whatever you told yourself, right? If you put yourself on these timelines, I think you're actually liable to make more stupid decisions than you would have otherwise because you think, oh, I'm going for gold. Let's take a risk or let's do something unnecessary. And then you start doing tasks that you never needed to personally do anyway. You could have automated that if you thought about it harder and worked on it. So it was more that if I push too hard, it's going to lead closer to failure. Whereas I just keep a really balanced mindset, make the, especially when you're building a program and the way that it, so when you start a software, it starts from like a heart a core, and then you start, you build one layer out. And then on that next layer, there's way more connections and it becomes exponential. Right. So especially the earlier you're in it, the more mistakes you make, the more likely you're going to have to rewrite and rebuild your whole program tomorrow anyway. So it's more that one bad decision is going to cost you a lot more than a hundred okay ones. Yeah. So don't get too busy. Don't put pressure on yourself. Just know you're doing your best and take some solace in that and think I'm going to continue to do what I think is right. Be myself, try to succeed, do everything in my power. And whether it works out or not, maybe it's up to me, maybe it isn't, but don't give yourself that anxiety, that stretch, that pressure, just focus on relaxing. And then you have a better chance now. The world, yeah. some of these things can be hard enough. So if you're all frustrated and worked up, the odds of your success goes way down. Yeah. If you're at peace, you got a chance at this now. Sort of yeah. the way I see it. Oh, it's so good. It's, it's such a mature way of looking at thinking and time usage. The one thing that you said that really stuck out to me, especially guys that are like me, where we're just like, hit the phone, hit the pavement, do a deal, like just let's go because that's my natural tendency. Of course, I'm a high level thinker. I like to try to do both. 
but I'm, I'll be the first one to say, you know what? I'll pick up the phone. But what you said is don't be so quick to take action to where if you just thought a little bit longer, maybe that could have been automated. And instead of making a hundred calls a day, now all of a sudden automatically you can make a thousand calls a day. And it literally exponentially changes the trajectory because you took an extra two minutes, two days, two months. I don't think either one of us are trying to convince the listener to delay or to, <laughs> no, you know, so to not take action. What you've said time and time again through this information that you're giving is to be thoughtful or intentional is the word that I love that mm. I use a ton. It's the same thing. Do it with purpose. If I'm going to do this action. Is it the best way that I can do it? Now, if I can be doing it and then give myself some thinking time to be able to think on the actions that I'm actually taking, I think that then now you get the best of both worlds that are exponential. And you're, that's right. You're yeah, so, sometimes results. you can't afford that time off that you need some time to work it out. So you have to keep doing that task yourself to right. make some money as I automate it or as I build a system around that. So that's, that's right. your ticket because you need working capital. You need to pay your bills. You got to keep it moving, right? And you want to grow as a person. So the, the further along you come, the more you start, the more your overhead just forms around you, more obligations, more bills, more everything. Right? So That's right. Yeah. Now the bigger it gets. But, okay. So you've given us a good and bad decision, but you've also given us quite a bit of mindset around, I would say clarity, thinking time, peace. You told me how you got there even and how you established that. I think that if we ended the podcast here, like the listener walks away going, okay, I need to spend some very intentional <laughs> time being purposeful or intentional. Some uh, so philosophy, yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like I, I think that if a lot of guys, especially who, okay, who's listening right now, six figure business owner, they're not at the seven figure mark yet. It doesn't mean necessarily that they don't have this ability to think like you're thinking. It just means that they probably are busy being busy, wearing too many hats. They doing too many things themselves. They're not automated. They're not hiring. They're all the things that you just said that where they're taking action. They're just, they're just not slowing down enough in order to then speed up. And so I think it's like a perfect message. It's going to clash a little bit with some of these guys that like to take action, but if yeah. they can grow their mind, that's and where different things work for different people too, right? Some people are just built a different way. They can handle all that interaction and some, they get pumped on this too. So me, it's like I get from more than anything, it's about doing the things you want to do in your business. It's, you know, if just, if that's what you want to do, you want to be the salesman, you want to get out there, then build a role where you can do that. So it all depends, do the things you want to do. And it's the things you don't want to do that burn you out. Yeah. So whatever those bad things are, you get those ones out of there and everyone's different. So for the things that were in my case, were what they were in other people's case, it's going to be something completely different that's holding them back. Or, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. I love it. All right. We're going to transition to the speed round. I got some different angled questions coming at you. I want to know if you dwindled your entire business down to one trackable metric, what is that metric? I would say the amount of people contacted and the amount of people served on both sides of our transaction. Yeah, because you've, so you've got both sides, you've got contractors and, and- How many contractors we have on board and how many customers we've served that are seven to eight out of 10 half or greater. Yeah, yeah, it's good. What book would you recommend, Eric, for a six-figure business owner to read? Books, as far as business books go, I got to confess, I don't, I don't read most of them too thoroughly. I kind of skim through their main talking points and get through it. The books that I've read that are really intently are all about historical characters, other people who have the great people of the business world or the finance yeah. world or yeah. the people who impacted history greatly. So I just try to read autobiographies of characters 
that I think are really influential and interesting because it fascinates me. So just read something that might sound kind of cliche, but I read this documentary biography about John Davison Rockefeller and just some of the details about when he was growing up and those early things and perspectives that he took and how self-assured he was and things like this. So that was my personal, it was like really big. It was like a book like this and I was, you know, enthused by it. And then also I read a little bit more nonfiction in the sense of uh, like books about the world and where it's going. There's this one book by the UN secretary general, I think. And he wrote a book called The Age of Sustainable Development. And then, so it was, you know, it was the, that guy's, one of his advisors, his name was Jeffrey Sachs, really smart guy, wrote this book. And it was three, 400 pages long, but it went through detail by detail. What's going on with illnesses? What's going on with poverty? And what are the ways that we know possible to solve this? What are the ways we don't? And it just gave you a really good map of the challenges we face as a community. And stuff like that. So I thought it was really insightful. I love your perspective. You're a different thinker, which makes sense in your book recommendations as well. I'll tell you, I downloaded that autobiography on on Rockefeller on Audible. And was it Titan? The name was Titan. Yeah, that was a good one, bro. When I (laughs) so I listened to Audible on usually on two speed, but it takes you got to warm up to that. You got to go one speed and then one point two five and then one one five. But my brain now loves the two even with the two speed i think it was like 15 hours uh, on audible that book that you're talking about like it was yeah it, it was it long. took forever yeah. <laughs> but yeah. oh yeah the story man like you're saying just the grit that he had i think everybody in the 1800s had a level of grit that we don't have most today. we don't understand <laughs> yeah no we yeah. don't get it <laughs> I know uh, it's survival grit that we don't, that we don't have, but great recommendations. Appreciate that. The next question is, do you intentionally network and or mastermind with other entrepreneurs? So a lot of the early experience and education I got, I had a wonderful mentor who was a heritage commercial real estate developer. Nice. So I would just from the time I was maybe 18 to 24, I'd work. He didn't have employees, but I would work there like helping him just coordinate more business and do more stuff. And he'd have me meeting the tenants, leasing the buildings, finding creative ways to use parts of the building that weren't generating any money and maybe go look at more properties, go over there, look at properties. And I do that. I I had a great experience having had that. I was very fortunate to have the interactions I did. Most of the friends that I keep today, they're entrepreneurs in their own respect. I don't think I have any friends I see regularly that are corporate world employees or anything like that. They're all entrepreneurs from different stages of their journey. Yeah. Some of them, the conversations are better than others. Yeah. When I go out in the community, I'm always attracted to people that I find are more interesting and experienced and have those kinds of yeah. things. So I think it's something we instinct- instinctually we seek out. But no, I don't really have a community of people that I talk to today that are way above and beyond me that I can learn from. And that's something that I have my father who's pretty good. And I talk to him about some more complicated things. But uh, beyond that, always the more networking you can do with people that you can learn from, yeah, from their unique experiences, the better off you're going to be. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Good stuff. Okay, last question for you. You ready? I'm ready. If you lost it all, what would you do? You know what? I feel like most of my career, I felt like I didn't really have much in the sense, like I was renting a home, a little bit of furniture in it. So. Most of my career, I was at any moment, give or take, I could, it didn't really matter. Right. I felt like I never had anything anyway. Yep. I would just do the same thing I did, but I would do it knowing what I know now and do a much better job of it, really. Yeah. I would say, yeah, I would just start everything I've started again, but I would probably be able to do it in 
one twentieth of the time. And you know, I always say this to my wife. I say, if you took a, an e-commerce billionaire and you put him to zero, he's going to pass me in five seconds because he knows it's going to be like, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, like in and out. Right. Because he knows and he's just going to do, he's just snap his fingers, it's finished. Yep. I say it's all about knowing where to go and it's all a learning experience. So if I started again right now, I'd be feeling great about it next week. So yeah. Yeah. I'd do the same thing. Same thing. Good job. The last thing that you just said there, if I had to start all over again today, I'd be feeling great about it next week. I relate to that because of the confidence. But I also, what you said in there too, is that there would be a week of who? Because you got to pick up the pieces. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> if I had nothing, I'd say, sweetie, you'll be paying the bills for the next 30 days and that's okay. Yeah, exactly. Hey, and uh, a good partnership. She'd be mm. like, all right, bet. I don't Oh yeah. Maybe, maybe she needs to know the details. Maybe she doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Depending on the details, we'll spare yeah. her the things she doesn't need to know and yeah, internalize how, the rest. Exactly. That's how Julie, my wife, she's at this point, at least, I think early on, she wanted to know a lot of details. She's at this point, you're crazy. Just yeah. let me know. Let me know from a high level. It has been incredible to have you here, Eric. How can someone yeah, connect too. with you, especially if they're a contractor in one of your areas and they can maybe use your service or maybe they're a home? Like, how can they find you? They can find me. You can run a quick Google search. Our business name is Minehouse. So M-E-I-N-H-A-U-S. So it's minehouse.ca. You can find us. You can register as a pro or as a customer. You can go on, fill a submission form, get a price. We give all our quotations immediately, virtually. Uh, we probably have some of the fast uh, to create a point where you can actually purchase a complicated job from us. I would think that well, we have an absolutely unmatched uh, time period. So you could reach out to us about a bathroom project that you want to do right now. And we can have a detailed estimate in your hands, itemized, where you can purchase any of the trades you'd like on your credit card right now for the day you'd like the most. We can do that all within 10 to 30 minutes of your first contact with our business. So revolutionizing the industry, bringing contractors and homeowners together, creating timelines, good communication, expectation. Bro, I can't wait to see your brand expand and go global because that's, Thank that's you. you're, you're well. solving a you're solving a global problem. It's a tough problem to solve, let me tell you. Al- almost up. impossible, I would say, and there's so much nuance and what if and complexity to it. That's right. It's a never-ending journey. All you can do is just keep getting better and tiny little steps. That's right. That's good. You're the man for the job. We wish you nothing but success and blessing for your family, your business, all that good stuff. Love it. You too, Shaz. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries, and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings literally exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together one thousand kings specifically who are grateful but not done we're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business family and communities and here's what we believe that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy so if that relates and and resonates with you and you know that you need people around you sharp qualified other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit 
to 1,000 kings. Talk soon.